Welcome everybody to Podcast the Week for this week, the week of the Avengers Affinity... I said Affinity War again, god damn it. You'll listen to the first few seconds of this podcast and hear me call it Affinity War for the second time. Avengers if Avengers Infinite... It's because the A from Avengers seeps into my Infinity War, so I go Avengers, which begins with an A, and then instead of saying Infinity, I say F... Never mind. Anyway, Avengers Infinity War is out this week. We're going to be talking about it next week, but let's build up to it, shall we? I should have released these. I planned to release these last week, but I was rather busy. I was hoping to do it from hotel rooms, and I forgot. But it's a nice build-up. It's a nice like, little tease if you haven't seen it yet. We're going to talk about both Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther. Me and Barry recorded these a while ago, and I'm, I'm terrible. You know I'm terrible. But yeah, we're going to talk about those two films, and then next week, we're going to be back with the big review. Building this for 17 episodes or whatever it's been. With the big review of The Avengers Infinity War which I saw this morning as I released this. So, what did I think? You'll find out next week. But for now, here is a review of Thor Ragnarok, followed by a review of Black Panther. Welcome back to Podcast of Week. We're rolling on Thor, Ragnarok, Barry. How are we doing? I'm jazzed. I'm jazzed. We made it. We're at the. We're, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel, uh, except not really because once we get caught up, the films just keep on coming. But but we're all caught up, and uh, I'm pretty, feeling pretty good about it. Yeah, as I said, as of recording this right now, we're caught up. That's all that matters. <laughs> That's right, and we can tell ourselves that this audio will be, you know, stored in the annals of history forever, and it will be remembered that at this time we had seen and discussed every released Marvel film. And we didn't give up. No. So, Thor, I'm going to start with my hottest take about this film. Thor Ragnarok is the fourth best film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Ooh. You know, in the in the in doing this series with you, I never really sat down and said, "Okay, I've now rewatched all of these. What are the rankings?" So I actually don't know. I tell you what, I uh, let me see. Can I name three films better than Thor Ragnarok? Uh, I would say Homecoming. Ooh. I would say Guardians One. Ooh. I would say Winter Soldier. That would be one of my other three. Hmm, do I have a fourth film? I would. I don't know if most people would agree with me. I would probably say Civil War. Yep. My, see, my uh, three on top of this are The Avengers, mm-hmm. Civil War, and Winter Soldier. And okay. realis- realistically, I think Ragnarok can go toe-to-toe with Civil War. I think the, the, mm-hmm. those are interchangeable. Yeah, I, I, I think... So, I, I mean, to... Just jump straight into broad thoughts about the film. I, I think I was kind of the low man on this. I thought it was a really great film. Uh, when I first saw it in theaters, I, I, I didn't quite think it was it was uh, uh, amazing. And, and on rewatching it for this, I was I, I was kind of steadfast in that. I was like, this is a really, really, really great film. I don't know if it's in that upper echelon, um, but it's but it, it certainly has a bunch of character to it, and mm. it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like it is uh, in the mold. Certainly not. But uh, uh, yeah, you know what? I could probably name some some films I'd put ahead of it, but I I don't know that I would massively disagree with it being up there in that certainly in that top like six or seven thereabouts. I think it's certainly in there. It's a fantastically well made film. It's certainly in the top half of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. I, well, I watch this film and I wonder, you hear about like creative disputes with Marvel. You know, we, we have had, we've had Edgar Wright, we've had a couple other big, like notable creative disputes. And then you watch a film like this, which is so mm. unabashedly weird and unique. And you can't think it's anything but Taiki Watiti's direct like vision for what this film is supposed to be. And- yeah. And, and, and he's another example of we've talked about kind of through this series of Marvel kind of going out on the limb with a director choice. I mean, I've only the only thing of his that I've seen other than this is Boy, which is fantastic, but it's so not a movie you would watch and go, "This guy could make a hundred million dollar superhero film." Uh, you know what I mean? It's 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 crazy, and especially the film that he made is so weird. This film is so like it's 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 gleefully strange. It's entirely what it wants to be. It takes it's like from the color palette to the soundtrack to the offbeat humor. It's 
it's it's so like as I said, I wonder where do like Marvel draw the line? Where do they're like, oh Edgar Wright, we can't let you do that, but we can let you do this with Thor. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if it was maybe maybe it was kind of exhaustion or desperation with the Thor license. Maybe they were just like, oh, we can't really afford for another one of these to, to like two was was pretty damn weak. Um, you know, I, maybe it was that, or maybe just maybe the right executive in the right office just really liked the director's previous work and pulled enough strings to just let him do his thing. I don't know, but as as you say, it's very very weird. Um, but uh, yeah, certainly a very odd film. I I, I like that. Um, it kind of does that thing that I like about about like Futurama and like Rick and Morty, which is just it has fun just making up all these just weird races and aliens and and things that that, that it feels like the creators and the writers just got creative overload and just got to keep got to write down a bunch of dumb ideas and actually made them happen for their alien races and their their you know the tech in the world and stuff like that. It was it was really really cool. Mm. Like as I said, this film is set on the strange planet of the name escapes me. I, I should really look up these things. Yeah, Sakara. I, I, that was it. Yeah, which is basically the land of lost toys across space and time. Anything that gets lost in space lands up on Sakara, and yeah, they just crafted this strange, wacky world led by Jeff Goldblum. That's just so it's weird. It's so weird, and Jeff Goldblum is the best. Yeah, and he's just being Jeff Goldblum with like, I, it's not, the volume's not even turned up to eleven. It's just, it's just, it's just, a, it's just, you know, it's about. It's, he's just Jeff Goldblum. It's just at the level it's always at. Um, he's fantastic, and yeah, I, I love that premise again. It allowed for that creative freedom to them for them to put all that weird stuff in there. It is just the here's all the stuff that gets discarded in space in one place. It's it was a very cool idea. Like Jeff Goldblum has a line in this film where he says. You're officially pardoned, with a long pause, from life. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it's the dumbest line you will ever hear in your life, but it's so good delivered by Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, it, it, he's he's really tremendous. I think the um, I think this might be maybe I'll eat my words on this immediately. Maybe possibly tied with like uh, uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming and maybe Guardians Two. Maybe the best supporting cast. Uh, of an MCU film because you've got you've got Goldblum, uh, you've got Kate Blanchett, of course, mm-hmm. chewing uh, all of the scenery. If there is scenery to be yes. chewed, she's chewing it. I mean, talk talk about Goldblum. She's right there with Goldblum, just having the time of her life in that role. I mean, that's just 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 just. I'm in a dumb movie, comic book movie, alien movie thing, and I'm a goddess, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna. I was going to 90s comic book villain it up for this role. Wearing her weird antler helmet. It was a cool look. That was a cool look for, 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 for Hela. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, she, was, she was really tremendous. And obviously you got, you know, you're returning uh, Idris Elba and, and, and stuff like that. And Mark Ruffalo and Anthony Hopkins. Actually, speaking of Hopkins, when I first watched this movie in the theater, uh, I completely forgot where the... Where the world was what the pre- what the premise was what the ending of the last film was mm. everything escaped me and then when i sat down to watch it again this time i was like oh oh yeah this is oh okay i forgot this this was going on um the the stuff with with hopkins and 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 loki and all that other stuff because it's kind of it's kind of not relevant i mean obviously the death of odin is 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 relevant but uh it, it's it's basically just you know uh um establishing what's going on in the kingdom, and then Thor is out of there, lands on this this uh, you know this this weird planet, and, and the plot gets in motion. Um, yeah, I completely forgot about all that stuff. Hmm. In fairness, the, the scene it's it's a nice scene where like uh, Odin is sitting with Loki and Thor in that giant field, you know, passing some advice and then dying. But Anthony Hopkins is deaf. I think he's on a different continent to Tim, <laughs> Tom Hiddleston and Chris Hemsworth in that scene. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice it's it's a um it's a more reserved scene. Uh, I like that it was not a, um, you know, he gets stabbed and dies in their arms while they scream no. Mm. You know, it was it was not any of that. It was a, it was a nice different approach. I, I appreciated it. Um, I appreciated it for sure. But um, not necessarily a character like I can say I'm going to miss or anything. You know, you're going to be very disappointed that Anthony Hopkins won't be part of the MCU anymore. Yeah, I'll 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 soldier on. I'll soldier. Maybe he can get recast as Uncle Ben in the next uh, Spider-Man movie. Hey, I've got more than that. 
That'd be alright. Actually, in, in an alternate universe, I could see Anthony Hopkins being, being Uncle Ben. That'd be pretty alright. He's delivering that great uh, great, uh, great power, great responsibility line. You can, you can hear that. He probably says it almost in one of these films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's probably said something along those lines. I do actually... Anthony Hopkins' little scene where he's basically playing Loki, great fun. Mm. Yes, that was great. Yeah, that was that was, uh, and again, it's 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 you know, uh, having a bit of fun with with the the established roles and, and getting a little bit weird with it. I appreciated it. So uh, yeah, that was that was very nice. You a Game of Thrones guy? Ah uh, yes, yeah. You remember that scene in the the most recent season where there's the play of all the like the characters and the plot of Game of Thrones? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. That's Reminded great. Me of that. Yeah, yeah. God, that that's, actually that scene is great. Yeah. Oh yeah. I only got got caught up on Game of Thrones uh, uh, this year, like in preparation. I got caught up like just as the last season was ending, uh, and it feels like it feels like a blur because I watched so much of it back to back. But that was seeing seeing it seeing it all culminate in this kind of farcical play was cool. It does remind me of that actually, yeah, this the scene in in Ragnarok. That's actually a good that's a good comparison. And uh, like the comedy in this film in general, it's real good. I mean, like, we mentioned like the first Thor film is kind of a comedy. The second one, yeah, a little less, but this. I feel like this is the fourth time I've said this, but th- as as comedies go in the MCU, this is as much a comedy as you get. Yeah, it's definitely a, it's it's kind of lighter on the action. Obviously, you have your big action set piece like the fight with Hulk and stuff like that, but definitely feels like it is it is kind of a fantasy comedy type uh, 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 setup more so than a uh, your your like Avengers balance of like fifty fifty. You know what I mean? It, it feels like it skews more towards comedy, certainly. And yeah, it all lands. It's very very funny. Uh, no no real bombs. There's no there's I I don't recall anything where it's like oh that didn't land. It's like no, it's all it's all funny. There's some belly laughs in there, and when you're not belly laughing, there's plenty of just chuckles and little things that'll make you smirk. And I think the cast helped that as well as the writing. I mean, you know, uh, this is the most fun I think anyone's ever had with Hulk on screen, certainly. Mm-hmm. People were like, oh, that's very out of character for Mark Ruffalo, you know, his Bruce Banner character. He's like, that guy was trapped as Hulk for years and then woke up on an alien planet. I think you can take some liberties there. Yeah, especially, I mean, the longer these movies go and the more into the reads you get with the with the, with the the stories, I mean, you have to, yeah, yeah, like you say, you have to, you know, roll with it. Uh, given the context of what what is happening in this, you know, you know in this scenario. One thing I'm curious about, I'm surprised I didn't see more kind of, you know, nerd outcry for this was that they, they could have maybe done a bit more with as, as a lot of people mentioned this is obviously kind of rolling in several ideas from the planet hulk uh, uh comic book that that sort of famed arc that people wanted to see in films obviously thor lands on this weird planet turns out hulk already washed up there and became like a, a gladiatorial uh, uh champion uh you know I I thought there was probably more there they could have done with it. It's like he shows up, they have the fight. You know, Hulk is reluctant to leave, but eventually, of course, they do leave. You know what I mean? It, it's uh, there was there's certainly more potential there, but uh, I, I I thought it, what they did was was pretty damn good. And plus, you don't want to you don't want to focus too much on Hulk as well, because as we've discussed, he he does work better as part of the the team. Mm. At the end of the day, this is still a Thor film. Absolutely, yeah, and I, I, I don't know that if they had gone fully fledged standalone film with with Planet Hulk, that it would have had the, it would have had the legs. We have to give a shout out to Korg as well. Korg is the best. Oh, yes, absolutely. I probably the probably the funniest uh, character in the film, I thought. And um, I tell you, the director pulling double duty—that's a mm-hmm. great performance. Um, just, just funny and just kind of instantly likable. Just, a, just a very, a very soft, charming voice on the, on on Korg. Again, there's a line in this film where Loki appears as a ghost and then disappears, and Korg runs up and kicks the wall and shouts, "Piss off, ghost!" <laughs> yeah, my favorite it's thing. great. <laughs> I love it yeah. so much. I hope Korg. I hope Korg is a thing going forward. But uh, yeah, I'll tell you what. One one weird thing about this movie. Um, one one disappointment I had was I remember when the tr- first trailer uh, hit. It was pretty. It, the world stopped on its axis when that trailer came out, and people were like, "Oh my god, what is this?" I'd had that great music and all those great visuals. Was it, you, 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 were you like me and you were really disappointed when you saw that like like seventy percent of the cool imagery in the trailer was contained in one like thirty second flashback? Mm. And like, mm. I, I really, because I, 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 obviously I watched the trailer and the trailer does the Hulk reveal, which you kind of understand why. But like, yeah. if, if you go into this film without knowing, like, and I, I don't know how how that is because it, I didn't do it myself, but I'd imagine if you went into this film knowing nothing about it and the reveal of Hulk 
just being there across the, the, the like I'd imagine that would be so much better if you didn't see that in the trailer absolutely yeah uh, and it's, it's one of those ones I, we talked about like trailer reveals uh, in the Spider-Man episode this one I totally agree and I, my initial reaction was the same but uh, yeah it, it's a tough one I kind of feel like it is actually a selling point mm. Um, but yeah, man, can you imagine, can you imagine not knowing that's what, that's what happens? That is a, that is, um, that's quite the thing. And it's funny cause it's like, even if you try and avoid like those trailers when they go live on like YouTube or whatever, they still play before every damn film. Yep. Um, uh, close your like, eyes, block your ears, run out of the room yeah. for, for two minutes. <laughs> I mean, I watched the infinity war trailer when it came out cause it was infinity war. It's like, okay, well obviously you have to watch this, but if I did try and avoid it, I think I've seen it three times in theaters now. Mm. Um, so you'll see it you know, again before it's... Black Panther. <laughs> yeah, and Ragnarok as well. Oh my god, I feel like I saw. I mean, obviously they knew they the reaction to the trailer was so positive because I feel like I saw that thing so many times before other films, even films that I, I don't necessarily think would have had like summer blockbuster superhero movie trailers on them. But um, it was it was certainly effective. Great use of music in the film and in the trailers as well. A little bit of Hotline Miami soundtrack on there, which I really appreciated. One of my favorite video game soundtracks ever. Mm. Uh, yes, supremely well-marketed film. And plus, you know, like they got they got Goldblum, little snippets of Goldblum in the trailer as well, doing his thing. Um, yeah, it was it was great. You mentioned the music, of course. There's a immigrant song with Led Zeppelin, which is kind of the centerpiece of the film. Uh, yes, yeah, uh, and, and it fits really well. Again, we've you know we've criticized some of the music in the MCU. Nice for it to have a, 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 a standout song that you can point to and, and recognize and recite uh, uh, that's associated with this film. And it seems like a song that was literally written for Thor. Yeah. And it is very, very well deployed to both times. It's, and like, it, 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 uh, very rarely do I like third acts in this film. I think more or less the third act in this film really does work. Yeah, no, it does. Uh, it definitely sticks to landing. We haven't really talked about kind of the Valkyrie characters um uh what, what? Wait, you, you were talking and, yeah you were about you're mentioning the, the 30 seconds of oh yes yeah so the, the 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 really cool sequence in the trailer which is actually just all contained within one flashback which on the one hand i was disappointed about but on the other hand when i was re-watching it for this i was like eh, a full movie looking like this that's a Zack snyder movie you know what i mean i, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that i want to see that but it's certainly cool what it lasts but the Kind of the, the 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 they were really interesting. What's the the main character, the main Valkyrie character's name? Escapes me again because I'm awful with names. Um, uh, Valkyrie Tessa Thompson played her. Oh, she's just called Valkyrie. My bad. Um, but she did have a name in this. She wasn't just called Valkyrie, wasn't she? Uh, IMDb just lists her as Valkyrie. I, yeah, I'm, I, I think that's wrong. I don't know that, that that she's just called Valkyrie, but uh, Tessa Thompson's character anyway. I uh, really enjoyed her. You know, a, a good badass hero. Uh, obviously begrudging, you know, not not just uh, I'm I'm a member of the team right away, you know, the the, the begrudging hero, uh, which is always nice. Uh, so yeah, that 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 whole and the way they all came together at the end was was very very cool. Yeah, one of the one of the better final acts, especially compared to um, Guardians Two, which we talked about uh, two episodes ago, I believe it was. Um, uh, yeah, this is this is a, a pretty strong one. Mm. And like every little character had the little arc. Like the Valkyrie character was a drunken person running from her past who had to embrace her past and take on the mantle of her legacy. Mm. Like Thor's is fairly straightforward, you know, hero taking down a peg, redeems himself. You know, that's nothing special, but at least, you know, everyone has their little character arc. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, got to see Thor do some thunder stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, have we seen that before? I don't know. I feel like I don't know that we've seen that much before. I think it it's always been tied to the hammer. Yes, yeah. As opposed to him just being straight up God of Thunder. Or spark- yeah. Sparkle Hands, if you prefer. Yeah. Uh, got Chris Hemsworth with his short hair. Um, he's looking well. He's looking well. Uh, yeah, short hair and the lightning eyes is good luck. It is. In fact, uh, you could do anything to Chris Hemsworth and he'd probably be looking well. God damn it. That, that's true, yeah. I don't, know why, they, I don't know what they could do. They could shave him bald. He'd probably make that work. Speaking of looks, we, we got our most ruffled up Hulk ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this film, they got they got some Ruffalo face tech on that Hulk. It was I thought it was incredibly jarring in the trailer. In the actual film, I thought it was fine. It, 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 when I watched that trailer, I was like, "Oh my god, I am not going to be able to watch this movie." Look at his look at his face just on this big weird alien thing. How weird is this? But it actually came off supernatural and well, natural within the context of a superhero film. Uh, in the final thing, but uh, yeah, you know, Disney they're they're always pushing that that. Um, 
They're always pushing that envelope with, with, with the tech. Wait a minute. You know the Loki actor in the little play? Yeah. That was Matt Damon. What? That was Matt Damon. <laughs> oh, my God. What? How did, I, how did I watch this movie twice and not realize that? Yeah. How did that? How did I never like even like hear of it? That's just kind of thing you like, you know look at Matt Damon's great cameo, you know? Yeah, and I've never I never heard about that until now. Jeez. Unless the Wikipedia page is lying to me, it's like an uncredited Matt Damon plays the Loki actor. What? <laughs> mm, is it another Matt Damon? No, the the link goes to the right Matt Damon. Wow. And a nice does actually. Uh, Luke Hemsworth played Thor in that scene as well. Oh, that's nice. So brother of Chris, that's. It's a nice little thing. It's a nice little thing in there. What do you think of the Doctor Strange cameo in this film? I liked it. Yeah, it was alright. Um, didn't didn't make much of it, um, but uh, yeah, it was okay. Um, didn't they have? Didn't they have? Was Thor in the post credit scene of Doctor Strange? That was that one, wasn't it? Yes. Drinking the beer. This this straight yeah this actually yeah this straight scene was was in in the post credits film uh, post credit scene of that film, wasn't it? Uh, I think so. My memory's failing me now, but uh, yeah, I guess they're gonna uh, something about those two. They're linking together. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, uh, was there a Stan Lee cameo in this? I can't remember. I he, missed it the second. He was the one that cut Thor's hair. Oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, of course. Apparently, Stanley was yeah. uh, admitted to hospital yesterday as well. So, hmm. Mm, yeah. What is he now? He's ninety. He's ninety-six, I think. Jesus Christ. Okay. He is getting up uh. there. Yeah, he's getting up there. He could literally um, die at any moment. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's quite a run. Um, yeah, I completely forgot that he was the yeah doing that. So yeah, this is a pretty swell movie, and the fight scene with Hulk that we kind of alluded to—it's a great fight scene as well. It's yep. uh, uh, really well done. Uh, one thing, one thing from the trailer that I would have, the, the the I know him from work line is great, but again, I, I had seen it fifty times by the time the 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 actual movie came out. Yeah. And in turn, so, the, the the scene where he does the thing from the Avengers to Thor, and then Loki starts utterly celebrating. <laughs> yeah, I like this. Like this film actually has a love a, a ton of tiny little references to the universe that like are, are really nice little Easter. Like the the thing where he's going through the the vault and he uh, they find the the Infinity Gauntlet, which people are like, oh, it's a big plot hole in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that the in Asgard the Infinity Gauntlet's just sitting there, and she's like, nah, it's fake. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I I was thinking watching this, given the nature of the planet it's set on, I didn't I didn't really comb the 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 film for references, but I was like, I'm sure there's ten million things in this that are hmm. that are really really kind of minute references and nods here and there. But I I didn't catch any. I'm I'm, I'm also rubbish with with comic book trivia. I mean, most of that stuff just goes over my head. Yeah. Oh God, Idris Elba's in this film too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's in all of them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I like Idris Elba a lot, but I feel like I've never, in terms of feature films, I've never quite felt like, oh, Idris Elba, he's, he's you know, really bringing it. Yeah. Um, I, I saw, I, what's the, the, the Aaron Sorkin film, Molly's Game. He's in that. I like him in that. I heard that's good. I haven't seen that yet. Um, yeah, I think he's yeah. in a different film here, basically, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Asgard stuff just isn't really, um, it's not super notable. Though we do continue the the Asgard soldier legacy of all utterly being useless and dying immediately. Yeah, yeah. Which Jeez, I think is the third film in a row. Yeah, I don't know what use it is really. Hella just you know, yeah, doesn't like Hella like wipe them all out like on her own basically or, or you know something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like there's the, the the pals of Thor from the first film and like they played a smaller role in the second one. They're just killed in this film. Yeah. Yeah, it's like again, like the the second film just just not relevant at all. Just like yep, and Jane Foster does not get her tiny cameo in here, just like what's her name did in Spider Man Homecoming. So she's still not alive. She's long gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I like this film. I really, really, I like this. Is the only Marvel film I've seen twice in the cinema. Like you saw it twice in the cinema. Yeah, I was like, I really like this film. I'm going to go see it again. Yeah, it's very easy to watch as well. I did notice that on a rewatch. It's just super digestible. And it, um, like it is two hours ten minutes long, but it's I think it's one of the rare Marvel films that feels worth its its runtime. Yeah, and it's again I think I think leading more into the comedy makes it feel a little bit breezier. Mm. Uh, there's no 
kind of stony-faced, wondering about the state of the universe, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which we might, we might get a lot of that in Infinity War, I, I feel. Yeah, so so this 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 just breezes by. Mm. Yeah, I like this film. I like this film a lot, Barry. <laughs> I do as well. We have Black, Black Panther coming out in a little over a week from when we record this. It'll probably be slightly after. What the fuck? Has I do some scheduling in my head? Homecoming's going up today. Next week is is Wonder Woman maybe the week after that we'll see after that but yeah yeah. by the time you hear this uh, Black Panther will be out and we'll have been caught up so uh, do enjoy it mm. and uh, we'll we'll of course be back with that at some stage I'm looking forward to that I thought the trailer they put out was uh, pretty dang great uh, really great cast going and everything like that I did like like oh the, you know all the reviews from the premiere say it's amazing it's like Literally, they stacked those theaters full of like fanboys. Like uh, before, all of the the DC films, it's like oh DC, is yeah, back. this is the big DC film. It's like yeah, because you stacked the, the 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 cinema with people who are going to adore this film, and then they'll talk about it on Twitter with their social media influencers. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, and it's like all the, one of the reviews. I think it was like USA Today was like calling it like iconic and stuff like that and then it said it's a top five marvel film i was like well i i'd hope it's kind of like above that if it's an (laughs) iconic film like it's like people as much as we've enjoyed this walk through the mcu the way people talk about these movies is so weird it's like when a good one comes out it's like people have meltdowns and think it's like the best thing since sliced bread i'm sure there's going to be an oscar campaign for this Mm. probably i mean it's just craziness it really is um uh, but i don't doubt i mean it looks great i don't doubt it's gonna be great but uh, yeah i think you hit the nail on the head there with your uh the people they stick into these movies uh, movie screenings rather because yeah there's like there's like three of these films that are honest to goodness fantastic films and then there's a bunch of them that are just a real good time yeah and it's like it's nothing wrong with being a real good time you don't have to overhype something to be more than a real good time yeah absolutely so before we go uh plugs uh, twitter.com slash the Barry Lads where you can go for updates on everything Barry Lad. the Barry Lad.com is the website where I post some bits and bobs got a top uh, what do I have top 10 video games of the year on there what did you put number one <laughs> not to spoil the list but <laughs> yeah you can spoil the list it's fine I don't mind it's Yakuza 0 ooh interesting Best game in 2017 um, where did Zelda rank on your list oh you didn't finish Zelda though did you I didn't finish it, but I put it on the list. It was it was it was excellent enough that it warranted on the list. I so I do try and finish things before I put on the list, but I, I had to like third week in January. I was like, all right, I gotta fucking write this list because if I don't write it now, it's just not going to get written. And I can sit here and obsess over finishing these games, or I can just write it. So I made two exceptions: uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, this game has come out of nowhere. It surprised me. I never liked Assassin's Creed. This game is fantastic. It is my 10th favorite game of the year. It's going on the list. And Zelda as well. I was like, all right, I can't not put Zelda on here. The way it won me around. So, and plus, Zelda, I think, I, I don't know if I've talked to you about this on air on this podcast, but it's a game that I'm happily not in any rush to, to, to finish. I haven't played it in like a few weeks. But every, every few weeks, I get the itch to play it, and I put like 10 hours into it. So I, I will happily be tipping away at Zelda, probably for the most of 2018. Uh, yeah, so that's in at number nine. So, um... So that's on there. So yeah, you can go to thebarryled.com and read about why I picked those games and what other games were on there. Uh, yeah, and twitter.com slash thebarryled for updates on all of those stuffs, including when I'm podcasting with Garrett next. Woo! Welcome back to Podcast a Week, the final film before the Avengers Affinity War. Yes, it's a war about people who like each other. Infinity War comes out at the end of April is Black Panther. Barry, Black Panther. Yeah, I'm all hyped up for Affinity War. That's I, I think the world could use something like Affinity War. That's the big follow-up to Civil War, you know, where instead of fighting, they just hug and the film is like two minutes long. I mean, that's much needed. It was pretty grim. It was pretty miserable there at the end, but... Bring it back together, bring it in for a hug, you know, um, I'm all about that. But yeah, before we get to the Affinity War, we got the Black Panther to do. We do. I I don't know about Black Panther, Barry, because everyone loves it, and I think it's a good film, but I don't think it's a particularly great film. Hmm. I don't... I... Hmm. 
I was gearing up to be with you for the first half, and then I thought they really kind of stuck the second half with the increased presence of Michael B. Jordan and uh, and whatnot. I can I can totally see how you or someone else could watch this and think it is just a a good movie. Um, uh, I I do think it was pretty tremendous. Uh, uh, but I do see its shortcomings. Like a lot of Marvel movies, even the truly excellent ones, you kind of have to... It, it, it's really how much... You, I, I don't think it's so much that they're all perfect, even the, the really, really acclaimed ones, so much as uh, uh, how, how do those uh, sort of tropey negatives affect you. Um, so what was uh, what were your what were your bugbears with this one that, that made you hesitate on calling it a, a true grace? I will, I will preface it first. I think it is a fundamentally important film. I think on, yes, of course. On every level, I think in the MC, it's the second most important film in the MCU, probably behind the original Iron Man. It's probably what the the third most important superhero film of all time. Because um, I would say, well, uh, maybe, yeah, maybe Batman. I was thinking X Men, but maybe Batman's more important than X Men. Because uh, I feel oh, I, I, that's actually tough. That is actually that's a whole other series almost. Um, uh, Batman or X-Men? I don't know. I feel like Batman is the real uh, the real core of the modern boom, I would say. Hmm. Um, uh, and then and then after that, it's like a toss-up between X-Men and Spider-Man. Although, realistically, you probably have to go X-Men because it was three years early. Um, uh, but yeah, but Black Panther certainly up there uh, for, for a number of reasons. I mean, it really was a... Uh, uh, a historic film, but that was not just a uh, uh, that wasn't just a talking point before the film. It was the, the historic significance of this film in terms of reaching out to people who might not necessarily uh, care to watch a superhero movie. That was very much reflected at the box office. Mm. Uh, you know, I don't think Black Panther was the absolute mammoth success it was just because it was great. You know what I mean? I mean, because there's lots of great superhero movies, you know what I mean? And it's certainly not because he's a a first-string superhero character. I definitely don't think that's the case. I think it was very much the the historical significance of it as a, as a sort of a... a, a not not just a, a, such a predominantly black cast, but also the, the, the director and what have you. Uh, uh, yeah, very, very, very significant film. So yeah, um, I will start by... Well, actually, I was going to say... I think Batman is like the father of the genre and then X-Men kind of shares the most DNA in terms of like structure. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, anyway. The the, the things I don't I think this film has a relatively weak script. Mm-hmm. I think like most of the, there's not a ton of humor there but I think that the humor that is there doesn't really land at all. And I I don't think the Chadwick Boseman character is all that interesting. I don't think T'Challa is a good lead. He's just boring. He doesn't do anything in this film. Uh, I would kind of agree. I was I was interested in him, but I definitely thought there was uh, more potential there that was not tapped into him as the kind of young, struggling to lead king. It was you know your drive and your your will for him to succeed pretty much only kicks in when you see Killmonger and how much you you are you know for or against his cause. Um, but I then I you know it's it's yeah they, they could have had maybe a bit more in the first half of the film maybe more evidence of him maybe struggling with being king if you know what I mean like outside of the outside threat of Killmonger just just him in general uh, uh, you know grappling with the difficulties of being uh, the leader of this extremely weird and cool uh, hidden world of Wakanda. Uh, but I, I kind of agree. I like I like Boseman's, I like Boseman's performance, but I don't know that it is. It, it's a uh, super compelling uh, uh, protagonist. Because mm, it's just I think you're right. Because this is relatively off the back of Civil War, where his his father is killed, so he's just thrown into leading this nation all of a sudden. And yeah, you don't really get the sense of that burden on him, do you? No, no. It's like it's it's you know, Killmonger comes in and and. There's only dissension because of the external politics of Wakanda, or, or the lack thereof, right? He wants to, you know, take this technology and, and use it all over the world. But up until that point, there's like zero dissension in the ranks when it comes to T'Challa. 
uh, with the exception of that one tribe. But they even say in the opening uh, uh, exposition that, that tribe has always kind of been the outsider uh, uh, dissenting tribe. So it's not even like it's just him. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, uh, they they really could have, like, you know, maybe before we even see Killmonger in Wakanda, just that, that people are dissatisfied with T'Challa, I don't know, because he's young, or because they think he's not worthy, or they, you know, he won, obviously, that, that battle right, but, you know, maybe they just didn't like how he did it, you know, something like that, that, that could have uh, made it feel like he was fighting a bit more from the bottom, but... Uh, but again, yeah, I think I think there was just so many other things in the film that worked for me that I was able to kind of just roll with that. Um, yeah, I think I think it's good performance. I think he's a kind of a charismatic guy who's who is inherently likable, which helped a lot. It probably doesn't help that he is he is dramatically overshadowed by Michael B. B. Jordan. This is the Michael B. Oh. Jordan show. He is he is fantastic in this film. Yeah, he he really is. He really is tremendous. Uh, uh, you know, super charismatic. He, he's uh, his kind of Oakland uh, way of talking contrasted with the with the the way everyone in Wakanda acts and speaks and, and behaves is such a. It really makes him pop off the screen. As, you know, along with his own just general presence. Uh, yeah, he's he's really tremendous, uh, and you know he's got to be one of the sort of I, I don't even, I feel like calling him like quote unquote like promising and young is kind of overstating it. Like he's he's been around for a few years, but he still feels like he's very much on the ascent, and yeah, he will be you know one of the the most compelling actors in, in Hollywood for for a long time to come. And, and this is a uh, this is his piece to resist on. So actually, I haven't seen Creed. I shouldn't say that. I. I I know people love Creed, so I should I should say this is his big coming out party. But it did it did feel like when this movie came out, there was like a whole new generation of people almost exposed to him because obviously it was infinitely more successful than Creed. But uh, but yeah, he's he's phenomenal. Because Creed, I, I I like Creed because it is the most formulaic sports film of all time, and I don't mean that as a bad thing. It's just like it hits all of those sports sports films beats like perfectly, and he's really good in it. And then he just walks into this, and he really just steals this film. This is his film. The second he like walks onto the the, the freaking when when does he first show up in this film? It's when well he's he's in it in, in small drips and drabs fairly early. Your classic you know Marvel format of here's the hero doing his thing, and then twenty minutes later, oh here's your little tease of what the villain's up to. Uh, but the film I don't think really gets going until he arrives in Wakanda, which is a solid hour, if not more, into the film. I think. Hmm. Um, uh, and I think I think speaking about him and what works about him, I think that's what I what I kind of mentioned earlier about you know whether or not you think the movie is good or excellent is how much you kind of waste certain things. And I, you know, a big uh, negative for me with a lot of Marvel films or and you know superhero films in general is the weakness of the villain. And so obviously they have this powerhouse performance with Michael B. Jordan, but also. Uh, character-wise with Killmonger, they've given you something to actually sink your teeth into uh, uh, in terms of motivations, uh, in terms of a tragic backstory. I watched this with uh, two buddies of mine, and when we came out of the theater, I see a lot of superhero films with them. They're like my superhero pals. I go see all the superhero crap with. Good, good, bad, and in the middle. Uh, And I had never seen them so compelled by a villain or so intrigued by a villain as as they were with him and that obviously sparks lots of debate after the after the film first hit people thinking he was uh people disliking the film because he was the villain people liking the film because he was a complex villain that was tragic in some ways uh, uh there were so many aspects of what he was that were that were compelling, um, and I think that's kind of what tipped it over the edge to me. As okay, no, this is an upper echelon Marvel film because they have all those other great aspects that the MCU has, but they have him there, you know, really hitting a home run in the area where a lot of swinging and missing for for the MCU in that department. He's he's motivated by something as opposed to mustache twirling in the order fair enough he does veer a little into mustache twirling i want to blow everybody up a little but at least the motivations behind that are relatively sound and he actually has a stance though it does descend into i want to steal the powers of the superhero which but still 
Yeah, absolutely, of course, yeah. And I remember being so disheartened when I watched that trailer and it was like him wearing a Black Panther suit and I was like, oh my god. Here we go again. Oh no, there's no way they make this good, but that was really such a, a, a minute aspect of the film. But yeah, and you know, in the end, I mean, I, I thought the ending fight sequence was a bit tiresome because it just turns into, here's a superhero film with the two sides of the war going to battle and all these explosions and CGI rhinos and stuff. And I, I kind of tuned out for that, and then I kind of tuned back in for the actual climactic battle. Uh, I really liked the, the, the that fight between Killmonger and T'Challa because... When a push came to a shove, you know, it was like they could have saved him, but you killed Monger. While he was redeeming himself in death, he was also like, just just so you know, I'll always be this way. This is always, you and I will never be on the same page philosophically. Mm. We both want the same goals, but we have very different ideas on how to really get there in the end, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Uh, though I, yeah, that kind of final battle with the, the even the way, what's his name, his, his brother-in-law turned on him. It's just, that didn't feel... It's like, okay, I'm just going with the bad guy now. Yeah, yeah, but that, I mean, that wasn't even a character that I think was even especially fleshed out beforehand. It was just kind of, he was very just... Yeah, which was, probably the, which was probably the problem, right? It's just, yeah. Why it's like, oh, okay, you're just going to fight? Okay. <laughs> I, th- I yeah. thought they were doing a whole, like, set up and turn thing, but now he's he's just going to fight to the death. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I think I think the all of the secondary characters could have been fleshed out a little bit better. There was, you know, a, a lot of them had a certain cool factor to them, and I think there's room for them to be expanded on in future films. But in this one, yeah, you know, they were they were kind of just there. Uh, uh, you know, you had the sister character who was kind of funny, but uh, I could have done without the uh, the water those reference in, in, in 2018. Mm. Uh, I don't even know what year that was. That was at least two years ago, if not more. Uh, in fairness, uh, it was probably when the script was written, so somebody possibly. But there it is, is the folly of writing jokes like that. Yes, at some stage, somebody should have went like, "Think we should take that out?" <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's like uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure, folks behind Kickass wish they could go back and do a remaster where he's posting on Facebook rather than MySpace. <laughs> You know what I mean? No, that makes films fun to go back to in a way, doesn't it? It kind of does, yeah. It's it, especially from this era because it's all everything moves and changes so fast these days that stuff like that is such a specific uh, snippet of time. Although, as an aside, I remember watching Kickass in the theater, thinking, "What? MySpace? <laughs> what the hell? Is this film like delayed several years?" <laughs> You think it came out like 2009 or something when the ship had long sailed on MySpace. There was just Tom left behind by himself. Oh, poor Tom. Actually, not poor Tom. He's rich. Was was Tom a real person? I was doubtful. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though, even though he seemed like a sort of uh, uh, robot with a stock photo, he's a, a, I, think that's, I think that's still his picture on Twitter. I think he has a Twitter profile now. Uh, but he's exceedingly rich because he did sell off MySpace and it's at its uh, apex. Some sucker bought it, like like freaking Time Warner and AOL. Yeah, what the... Talk about business deal of the century. This uh, is why you'd never buy any tech company. No, I mean, yeah, I feel like I would just, yeah. I remember I remember when Bitcoin was first blowing up, and I was like, maybe I should get into this, and it's was like, ah, no. Just don't, don't buy... Just buy physical things you can actually hold. Websites and fake money, that's not worth it. Yeah, let's but, buy... But, uh, Blu-rays. Those will never go out of style. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, 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 we're talking about secondary characters. Yeah, I, I think I think they were all kind of amusing, but yeah, not mega compelling necessarily. Especially the love interest character. I feel like they did basically nothing with that. Yeah, pretty much. I was my favorite part of this film is what I've liked about all the recent Marvel films is that they've kind of dived into genres. And there's yeah. there's like a spy thriller sequence in like the first act. It's about half an hour, an hour in, where they're they're staking out that club place and it, it kind of becomes a james bond film for like 20 minutes i was into that yes yeah it was it was cool it was well done uh you know kind of casino stakeout seed absolutely did you did you cringe at martin freeman's accent have you gotten over it yet no i'm still yeah i'm still cringing at it i have not gotten over uh, uh it, it, it was pretty weak i know i know that his character was something of a sore spot for people uh 
because it's like the 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 white CIA agents going into this hidden nation of of, of pure untouched African nation and, <laughs> and participating in their wars. It's like I get it. That's pretty rough. It's not it's not perfect, but uh, yeah. I was, I was, he was in the film more than I was expecting. This is like his foremost MCU uh, uh, presence. Again, still not massively in it, but in it more than I was expecting. This feels for him like Thor felt for Coulson, where he's like, yeah, he's kind of in the other ones, but now he's in a film. Yeah, now he, now he's in it, in it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's and, and it's cool. I like Martin Freeman a lot. <laughs> Accent aside, um, uh, yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Actually, did you see they're bringing Coulson back? No? Oh, yes, no, I did, actually. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, is that in Infinity War, or what's the deal with that? Uh, it's in Captain Marvel, which I think is set in the 90s, which is the reason they can be bringing him back without... Oh, right, 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 that makes sense. So I say it's the reason they can bring him back without bringing him back to life, but they already did that in the TV show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I forgot, Captain... Yeah, there was, uh, there was some, you know, jumping ahead to Infinity War a bit, there was some uh, hubbub that uh, Captain Marvel will be in that. Uh, because I think there was like there was like a freeze frame from a trailer doing the right. I think it was the Super Bowl ad where it's like <laughs> like literally a freeze frame and a few pixels. Someone was like, "Is this is this Captain Marvel standing behind um, uh, Captain America?" And I think they actually confirmed that yes, it was, and that she uh, there there were things filmed that were then subsequently taken out, and that she is not in the movie. But but who knows? That could be. That could be uh, a, a double fake out or something. Uh, Russo brothers very chatty about what is and isn't in this film already, to the point that I think it's all just lies. Yeah, like uh, though I, I, will, I saw. Saying, oh yeah, people are dying, folks. Don't you worry, we're killing people left, right, and center in this movie. We yeah. got you. I saw. I saw a Twitter moment. I didn't bother clicking on it, but it's like you won't believe the people who have a big role in this film, and one of them was Thanos. And I was like. He's been front and center of every trailer in this film, and you are surprised that he has a big role in it. Yeah, that's a uh, yeah, that's a, that's a weird one. But um, I feel like I feel like God, it's like Infinity War, like content overload now. Now the Black, I mean, I mean, Black Panther really was it was the it was the biggest thing in the in the zeitgeist there for a while. But now I feel like we're all. All you know, all systems go on on Infinity War, and it's just every day there's a new interview, and you know, every, people can't stop talking about it. Every every trailer, the society shuts down every time there's a new trailer for Infinity War. Um, God, it really feels like it is going to be the film event of I don't know the decade, maybe even longer. How are you feeling about it? Uh, I I think you and I have spoken about this before and I after watching that second trailer I'm pretty steadfast in this. I think I really get the vibe that it's going to be another it's just going to be another mainline Avengers movie, which is that it will probably be really well made with some fun dialogue and some fun action and uh maybe, you know, I, I almost certainly going to have more real drama in it than the previous two, just because it really does seem like they're gonna start uh ramping up the, the, the tension and the consequences in this. Swinging the but, axe. They're swinging the axe, Barry. Yeah, well, they have to. They got. They can't have all all twenty six of those people on screen for the whole film. But um, other than other than that, I mean, from looking at the trailers, it, it really just feels like a, a very formulaic uh, uh, superhero film. But again, that's that's you know unfairly judging based on on promotional materials. There's there's uh, so many threads coming to a head in this film that I'm sure uh, it'll be more compelling than perhaps the uh, the trailers or whatnot. Uh, make it look but right now i'm excited but uh reservedly so i'm not going in expecting the best movie ever but i'm expecting a hell of a spectacle and for a whole lot of excitement from people around it uh, which is kind of fun i mean i've i you know i like comics a lot but i've never been a massive comic nerd and it's kind of fun seeing people this is the culmination of their life basically um uh, yeah, I'm 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 anticipating it greatly. I have I have secured the morning after it comes out off work because I'll go to a midnight lodge for it. Um, but uh, I'm modest. I've, I'm keeping my my expectations for the actual like quality of the film in in check. I expect it to be good, but not anything excellent. I think of it a lot like I'm currently thinking about Ready Player One. Oh, 
Because if you watch the Ready Player One trailers, you'll look at them and go, oh. And you'll just be like, oh, look, it references the movie. But then you realize yeah. it's being directed by Steven Spielberg. Right. Who I have some amount of faith in in making more than references the movie. So now to, to talk about Infinity War, you look at those trailers and there's a lot of faceless armies running towards superheroes waiting to be smashed. And you're like, haven't we seen that twice at least? But then you look yeah. at the Russo brothers who have made two of the best movies in this entire series. And you're like, I will give them the benefit of the doubt. No matter what this marketing material looks like, those two have made two very good movies. And I have faith in them, even though, in fairness, the number of moving parts to make this damn movie where you have like 700 characters all feeding in from like 16 different films. And you're just like, mm. we have to juggle all of this and make it a coherent plot that serves all of these characters in some interesting way at least and you know sets up another film in well it's next summer isn't it it's uh yes i think so yeah and sets up another film in a year that's a very difficult task to juggle but i think if anybody can do it it's those two yeah and it is and the thing about you know the previous avengers films is that they were impressively uh, uh composed uh with at the time what was a really novel idea of the ensemble thing and now they've just amped it up and as you say you know you've got these their their resume should speak for itself at this stage you know uh and they kind of not only with with uh winter soldier which is you know phenomenal but also civil war which is excellent as well and is also a movie that has to deal with uh you know a large cast of characters who all have to be given uh ample screen time and, and uh, characterization um so yeah, I mean, I think I I think if anyone could make this setup of alien comes to collect six MacGuffins to help him take over the entire multiverse, you know, if anyone could weave that into a compelling yard and have some awesome action along the way, I think it's those guys. Uh, yeah, and it's I mean, it's gonna be. I mean, it's crazy because we're living in this informed age where we all kind of, we're all online and we all know that Marvel, the the studio entity under Disney, owns Iron Man and owns Captain America and owns the Guardians of the Galaxy. But I'd almost like to, I would almost love if this era of films was 15 years previous when I was less tuned into all that stuff. And the idea of, and I'm sure this is what it's like for kids today who, who don't care about who owns the IP. I'm sure their little minds are blown by the idea that the Avengers and the Guardians of the Galaxy are going to be in the same film because they had the. For, there's been some characters in the MCU that have intermingled a lot, some that have intermingled a little bit, and then there's those two entities that they have kept completely se- uh, separate, and you know. Guardians is also like one of the most successful new franchises of the last however many years, so uh, it's going to be pretty. It's going to be. It's important to to not lose sight of what an impressive kind of moment that's going to be. And in fairness, what an impressive feat it is to get here because you look at DC and how hard they're trying to get to the same place. It's not going so well for them. No, no, yeah. What's even? What's even next for them? I don't even know. Uh, I think it's Aquaman, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Oh, is this? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's either that or Shazam, I think. <sighs> Neither of these are doing it for me, Garrett. i got to be honest. You no. Know? <laughs> you make a good point about, like, as you said, you know, we know Disney owns all these characters. We know, like, the X-Men aren't going to show up because Fox owned them. And they might show up because Disney might be buying Fox, but also they might not be now. But we'll see how that turns out. And Spider-Man's yeah. not going to show up until Sony and Disney can get along. Like, we know that. But yeah, as, as kids who don't understand that Disney owns all of these people and just go to see Guardians of the Galaxy and just go see Iron Man. And then if they're together, what? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, like, important to remember that, that like, Guardians 1 was just... A unbelievable success. I mean, it really was, and it was the hottest thing uh, uh, when it came out. And you have to imagine, you know, it was the it was the lunchbox movie for a lot of kids that summer. I'd imagine. Um, uh, and now the idea that the crossing over is 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 really cool. You mentioned there as well, you know, Fox and all this other stuff. I mean, and it, it, it's fun to speculate. You know, lots of speculation about about. You know, will there be a stinger in this one? I doubt it'll be a significant part of the film, but will there be like a post-credits thing that alludes to any of these previously, you know, segregated Fox characters? 
uh, uh, being present in any kind of post-credit stinger for Infinity War. And if you're being very skeptical, it was announced yesterday that all of the Fox X-Men films have been pushed forward a little. So uh, I think, think, well, pushed back, but they're, they're releasing later than they were planned to. Uh, like like the New Mutants film they have coming out and the Phoenix film they have coming out, they've pushed them further into 2019. Yeah. And, and you think maybe that's something to do with them showing up in the Avengers? Yeah. Yeah, possibly. Um, uh, I mean, I there's been all manner of, of speculation and uh, it's... It's tough to get a read on. I don't know. I mean, part of me wonders, like, you know, did they have their plans for Infinity War, every aspect of it, set in stone so many years ago that they can't really pivot now to include those characters? Or, you know, are they going to are they gonna take the chance and do it? I don't know. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm curious. I, I, I wonder if um, you could even do something small, like in a post credit scene have a character with, like, telepathy, like, perhaps, uh, not even make it explicit, but, like, allude to the fact that they've connected with Xavier or something like that. It really does have to be that basic. It doesn't need to be anything remotely explicit to send people into a frenzy. Uh, we've seen that in the past with post credit scenes. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. It really is. Yeah, maybe that's why Captain Marvel got caught. They're like, now we have to squeeze the X-Men in here. Sorry, Captain Marvel, you're bumped to Infinity War 2. Yeah, we got we got too much going on right now. Or what? Actually, get... that film still doesn't even have a title yet, does it? What's that? The second half of this. Uh, I assumed it was just going to be part two. No, they said recently that they they didn't want to call it part two because they wanted people to see them as two separate films. Oh, really? So I think it's just tentatively whatever the Avengers four is whatever. Hmm. I mean, I think that's perfectly reasonable. That's all good. But I mean, it's still part one and two. I don't know. My my feeling is still that, yeah. I mean, I I think this movie ends with Thanos. Like, you know, I think I think there will be a decent body count in that movie, and I think the the final act will be like a significant character being killed, and Thanos kind of having the vast majority of the stones and heading towards like I think I think the film probably ends with like one left and and. It's a it's an Empire Strikes Back type ending where everything is extremely grim, which I realize they just had in Civil War, but uh, uh, you know a, a pretty grim sort of chapter in the story, and then and then I very much feel like the following film will then be Infinity War two. But I, I appreciate that they're that they're making them two separate parts, or two, oh, sorry, two separate not two separate parts, two separate uh, uh, things. Who's dying, Cap or Iron Man? It's got to be Iron Man. It's the more it's the more jaded character that we've uh, uh, we've all had enough of. I mean, I I, I would uh, I would watch more Captain America stuff. I know Steve Rogers, uh, Steve Rogers, Jesus Christ, he's Steve Rogers, Chris, <laughs> he's Steve Rogers. No more Steve Rogers ever in any form of fiction. No, uh, uh, Chris Evans. I know that story going around is that he's done after uh, four. Uh, which would be obviously not this coming Avengers film, but the next one. Um, and that's fine, but I still think there's no reason, really. I, I don't think there's any more uh, juice to be gotten out of either Robert Downey Jr. or, to be honest, uh, Tony Stark, the character. Hmm. You could you could make an argument that if you're going for the all-hope-is-lost moment, Cap is a better kill. Yes. Oh, absolutely. He is. So we shall uh, see. But we, exactly, yeah, we'll see. Uh, so many moving parts uh, uh, going into uh, Infinity War. One thing I'll say is that is that um, Black Panther did feel very uh, self-contained. Mm. Didn't feel like it was really. It didn't feel like the preamble to Wakanda, but uh, to Wakanda to to, civil, to uh, Infinity War. But uh, the Infinity War trailers do. It looks like Wakanda does host a significant battle uh, uh, in the movie. So so there's an overlap there. Which is nice that they, they created that through line without you watching Black Panther and they're like, it's the Infinity Stones or something like that. Absolutely, yeah. I, I would not have been up for that. I don't think we can we should finish up talking about Black Panther instead of 20 minutes about the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, that's that's I think that's indicative of this moment in time. I mean, 
that's that's the 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 main talking point about Black Panther is how great it is and how significant it is. And the it's a distant second, but still the second most prominent talking point about the film is hey, this is the last one before <laughs> the big event, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and it's obviously the last time we'll be touching base with the the listeners before uh, Infinity War is out in the world. Yeah, it's, it's almost as if we planned it perfectly. <laughs> maybe, maybe we did. Uh, uh, I don't think we can leave Black Panther without talking about like the the style of the film because it's a celebration of African culture on like a level I don't think that's been seen in film. <laughs> Uh, it was certainly not in like a mainstream or Western film anyway. Yeah, no, certainly not. It's it's unapologetic, and it's uh, uh, you know, it's it, they have like their official uh score, but they also have the, their original soundtrack album, which is really great. Uh, you know, featuring Kendrick Lamar and a bevy of other artists. Um, it's it's really cool. Yeah, and it's it's uh. It's not kind of compromising or, or putting like a Western face on it. It's kind of just letting it be, which is really cool. So, small Avengers time. Ludwig Göransson did the music, like the the underlying score. Who okay. did, also did the music for Community, which was worked on by the Russo brothers. It all ties together. It's all one universe. Aha! They're all yes. There you go. Uh, uh, it's all it's all coming together. So do we have any prevailing thoughts about Black Panther or the general Marvel Cinematic Universe leading up to this point? No, it's been it was it was a great film, and it's it's uh, it, it's I mean talk about momentum. I mean Black Panther being the success it was and as good as it was means they they couldn't be on a better footing going into Infinity War. They really couldn't. And made one point uh, two billion dollars. I think is the most of any solo film. I think the two Avengers films have it beaten. And maybe Captain America Civil War, I'm not sure. Truly no yeah. way of knowing. <laughs> yeah. And then and now we have Infinity War, which I mean that's that I think is going to be trying to com- I think that's going to be competing with your top tier Star Wars Force Awakens. I don't I don't think it it'll dethrone Avatar worldwide. Mm. Um but that, I mean I think it's definitely going to be in that mix of the of the top grossing. Because, yeah, the second Avengers didn't feel like an event as much, did it? No, and it's weird because it's like, I, I thought those trailers were really cool, kind of like the trailers are really cool for, for this one. But, yeah, I don't know. It, it just didn't feel... Yeah, I, I, I don't really know what it is. Yeah, it kind of came and went. Mm. Uh, you know, middle, kind of middle of the middle of the road. I think I think people knew that that Ultron was not going to be the cultural event. I think, like, even, I mean, forget Infinity War, I think Civil War was the thing people were gearing up for as the as the real big deal. Uh, but yeah, uh, this one this one's going to be a big one. Indeed. Before we go, do you want to plug anything, Barry? And usual plugs, twitter.com slash thebarrylads, where you can find me chatting about a various number of things, youtube.com slash barrymurphylad. It's where I'm streaming things, including a way out at the moment, little co-op stream I got going on there. It's pretty fun. Uh, several hours of that already recorded, so it's going to be going up on the channel on a fairly regular basis, uh, trying to get into more of a routine with that. So yeah, those are the places to go for me. Is a way out any good? It's solid, yeah. Uh, it it kind of feels like a uh, uh, a... Not, not super compelling list collection of mini games, but again, the local co-op aspect of it makes it more fun. There, a lot of the stuff you're doing is fairly basic, but but actually communicating with the person next to you to, to advance is is pretty fun. Um, it is uh, it's thirty euro, and what I did was I I'm playing it with my roommate, and we split the cost of it, and I would recommend people doing that because it's like. It is a really fun fifteen euro game. It's uh, it's something I would maybe go into with tempered expectations, but it's fun. It's a it's a fun, different thing. You can play online as well, can't you, with a randomer? Uh, you, uh I, uh, yes, it has matchmaking, I think. Uh, but the I would not play this with not not because it's hard, but because a lot of the enjoyment would be gone. I would not play this with a randomer. Uh, if you can't play locally with a friend. I would recommend doing online, and it has a great feature. Where if you want to play with a buddy, your buddy can download the demo, and you can send them an invite, which will then allow allow them to basically play through the whole game so long as they're playing with you. Uh, 
be over over PSN. It's it's really cool. Uh, so I would strongly encourage if if you know, to do that if you don't have a a local friend playing through it. That is nifty. 3D, or was it 3DS or DS used to have that? It was a download play, but they never used to do it with games you'd actually want to do it with. <laughs> right, yeah. So like, yeah. it's like, you can do it with Nintendogs, but not Mario Kart. Hey, guys. Yeah. <laughs> that is the show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week with a review of The Avengers Infinity War. The big film. You might have heard of it. You can listen to new episodes of Podcast a Week every single week at soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK or by subscribing to the TWS Network on iTunes. Follow me on Twitter at Garrett Kidney, G-A-R-E-T-T-K-I-D-N-E-Y. Thank you to Barry for joining me once again, and he'll, he'll be back next week. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye. <laughs>